Hayes, Alexander, Shabbat for three, bang, oh! will get it for the win. What's going on, guys? Welcome to Dime Dropper, episode 60 of our 24-minute recaps. Before we get started, please make sure to subscribe on all platforms at YouTube at Dime Dropper Podcast, Apple Podcasts, leave a review if you'd like, follow us on Spotify, and follow us on all social media platforms at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Dime Dropper Pod. I just posted a TikTok tonight. It was a terrible bonehead modern NBA play of a layup passed up for a three. Just like I said in his damn NBA, getting better and better. So go check that out. I'll probably use my TikTok for a lot of that. Just pointing out ridiculousness of the modern NBA. That sounds like fun for me. So go check that out. All I want to do is, you know, back up what I said in his damn NBA, getting better. So let's get to the game. The Lakers and the Hornets. I'll also be talking about the Celtics and the Cavs last night. Because as I said, we're toning down the Tier 2 Dime Dropper teams. We are going to go with... Uh, talking about strictly Tier 1 and then some March Madness over the over the coming weeks. I did see a little bit of the UCLA game tonight. My dad went there, sister goes there, so I'll go over that a little bit as well. Let's start out with the Lakers against the Hornets tonight. It was their first matchup against each other. And to start the game, it was LeBron, LeBron, LeBron. LeBron, man, he was on it. I don't know if it's something that he like loves going against good young players or if it's because it was Michael Jordan's team that he owns but man LeBron knocking on the outside shot when that's happening but he's also being aggressive he's unstoppable he can't put the hands on the guy and only try to you know get a slap on him at the rim and hope that the refs won't call it that's the only thing you can really do to stop unless you want to double team but the re- the thing is Laker role players were for the most part keeping the defense honest guys like Dennis Schroeder I mean Two of seven from deep. But Kyle Kuzma, four of ten from deep. You know, Wes Matthews was one of three. But overall, the Lakers, 13 of 39 from three. Not too great, not too bad. But most of the time, LeBron in the first quarter was just attacking. And you got to give it to the Lakers as well on defense. They're, you know, they're not a switch-heavy team, the Lakers. They play pick-and-roll straight up. But Dennis Schroeder, for the most part, and KCP, but especially Dennis Schroeder, takes real pride in getting over the screens and putting pressure on the ball handler. And Markeith and LeBron are very smart, uh, weak side rollers. LeBron, you know, another great defensive outing for him tonight. Even had a couple blocks, one of which was unfairly called a goaltend. And I think that as crazy as this sounds, as crazy as this sounds, that's why I don't want to hear anybody call me a LeBron hater. If you're, if you're a LeBron hater, though, let me know if I'm being too nice. Or if I'm just, you know, if you don't disagree with me, let me know if I'm being too nice here. But with when since AD's been out, I think LeBron has taken a step up defensively to the point where he may end up back on a defensive team this year, like a second team. I truly believe that he may have a case. And you know what? The advanced stats are going to back him up, so maybe it's a shoo-in at this point. But you know what I think about advanced stats and defense. Advanced stats and offense, I can kind of listen to if you can break it down for me. But definitely... Not for defense. Defense is way too much that goes into it, and your freaking advanced stats are literally mathematicians made up by nerds because I've seen the calculations. They're ridiculous. You cannot talk with any hoop head about that. You can't tell me, oh, he's better because his defensive rating's better. No, you got to break it down for me on 
you know, break it down for me in basketball terms. I mean, he's made some great rotation. But here's the thing, guys. Are we really rewarding a guy? Because, I mean, I guess in today's NBA, that's what the defense mostly is. Rotations and communication. And that's the two things LeBron has always been great at. The only thing is, back in his career earlier, one-on-one, you know, move-your-feet defense, That was that's not what LeBron's been great at, ever. So, back in the day, he used to get exploited more with that. Even though... From 2009 to 2013, he was elite at defense. He used to try. He used to really try hard, and his athleticism was peak back then. Um, but he's never been great laterally. He like, for example, he gets beat off the dribble all the time. But he's so athletic, especially when you're on that left side. He has the angle where he comes and swoops with his right hand, and he times a lot of those really well. So even when you get to step on LeBron, you've not scored on him. You know he's great at those chase downs on the left side, especially. You got to either try to get your body in front of him to cut him off, or hit him with a pump fake. Sometimes, sometimes he goes flying, and then, uh, yeah, and then it works sometimes. Or if you stop on LeBron on a dime, he doesn't usually contest for the mid range, or like he does, but he stays on his feet, so he won't go for those blocks. So. I don't need those, um, yeah, first-team all-defense, I really don't think so. I really don't. Have there really not been five better defenders than LeBron this season? I mean, I would take Mikael Bridges on the Suns. I really would. Maybe, I, yeah, I would. I would. He guards better players. You know, he does the rotations too. Not as much strictly weak side rotations because LeBron doesn't guard ball handlers. LeBron guards in the corner. But you got to give Dennis Schroeder. Here's the thing, though, guys. Laker fans, you let me know. How much better has LeBron been on defense than Dennis Schroeder this season? Because I think one of the main things in today's NBA is the pressure on the ball handler. And since you guys don't switch, Dennis Schroeder is so imperative at putting pressure on the ball and getting over those screens. And that's what, you know, allows the big man to not be in two-on-one situations as much because Schroeder's got that. You know, be, shooters right on his, right on his tail. But anyway, let's just move on. I I think that the Lakers, Wes Matthews has been better on defense of late. I thought Damian Jones was very solid. You know, he blocked some shots tonight. Yeah, one he got one block, four points, four rebounds. He only played twelve minutes though. I thought Marquise Morris was good with his weak side rotations as well. And I thought the Hornets, you know, struggled to score in the first half. But man, we got to talk about Lamelo, Lamelo Ball. That dude is a talent, and he has exactly what Lonzo just didn't have, and that is confidence. And I was a big, Lonzo's going to be the best ball brother, just because I had some bias. You know, Lonzo's my age. He's the same high school class as me. You know, he's a pa- he was always a pass-first guy, but LaMelo is, was the guy that was famous for pulling up from 50, and he was the arrogant young kid, but... You know, he's really proven me wrong. He's proven that he's the best ball brother. That confidence or kind of arrogance um, has turned into confidence on this NBA level. And he's not even that much of a shooter. Even though he's not a bad shooter, he's so good in the pick and roll. He makes good reads. He attacks the basket. The only thing about him is he's a little skinny and he doesn't seem to love contact at the rim. He kind of shies away from it. That's his only thing that he really needs to get better at. And then, of course, a little mid-range. But, man, he can take guys off the dribble, no question about it. You know, especially in the no-hand-check era, a guy with long strides like that that's good with the ball and has a pretty solid first step, you cannot guard him, no hand-checking. It's impossible, really, to stay in front. All he's got to do is hit that jumper, keep the defenses honest. And I thought Dennis Schroeder, though, going back to him offensively, was very solid. Coming off screens, hitting uh, mid-ranges, attacking the basket, and getting to the line. Dennis Schroeder... 
Oh, I, never mind. He only got to the line once, two of two. I don't know why some of these plays just stick out to me so much. Uh, Montrader, a little quieter, but he had a great impact. Still some energy. Seven points, 11 rebounds. He was a plus 16. The bench guys did a good job for the Lakers. THT was the best bench player for me. Actually, no, Kuzma. I'm sorry. Kuzma again. I mean, how incredible has he been this year, Laker fans? Defense, rebounding, hustle plays, lateral defense, rotation, active hands, getting out and running on offense. He has just been phenomenal. Phenomenal. You know, 12 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, 4 of 12, 4 of 10 from 3. He literally shot 10 threes. That's still a little too much for me. But he shot a good percentage. He shot a good percentage. So you got to love it for Kuz and then THT, who just continues to attack the basket very well. The only thing with THT is he's literally allergic to his left hand. He does never goes up with it uh, for a layup. He always turns it and contorts. And he has some nice finishes with the layup package, but he does not have a left hand. Anyway, the Hornets did make a run. The Hornets absolutely made a run in that third quarter. They went with a small ball lineup, and Vogel didn't really counter it like that. You know, he still kept Damian Jones in. He still kept Montrader in. And a lot of pick and pops. You know, as I said, the Lakers play pick and roll straight up. So you're going to give something up in that pick and roll. And P.J. Washington, LaMelo, Terry Rozier, these guys were all hitting threes in the third quarter. They couldn't do anything about it. They couldn't do anything about it. And, yeah, it was tough. It was tough. I mean, the Hornets, Gordon Hayward was kept very much at bay today by the Lakers. And I, you got to give them credit for that. Three of eight. I thought he was just should have been a little more aggressive. But that third quarter where the Hornets were just knocking down threes, you know, LeBron was settling. And, yeah, just a little bit of a complacency in that third quarter. But the Hornets came back. LaMelo hitting threes. They outscored the Lakers 34-23 to with that small ball lineup. All their threes were going in. Some of them were pretty well contested. Some of them lazy contests. Some of them very lazy contests. But they got it going. They made it a game. Devontae Graham came in and brought a boost of 12 points himself. Even Cody Martin. Was it Cody Martin or Caleb Martin? I can't even. Cody Martin came in, gave him a nice boost, some good defense. Took it to the rim a couple times. And... Did he hit a three? He did hit a three. He had five points. But in the fourth quarter, I thought Markeith did a really good job hitting a couple buckets to stop the run. And then LeBron came in and did his magic. A nice block on Terry Rozier, that chase down we're talking about. Somebody getting by him and him recovering. And then, you know, you had Dennis Schroeder continuing to make plays. LeBron underneath the basket. Uh, I remember there was one. I think Kuzma found him. And, yeah, so a good win for the Lakers in the end. They did a good job responding to the run. LeBron was just phenomenal, in my opinion. The best player in the game, of course. Actually, it's not even an opinion. It's a fact. LeBron's MVP case is looking better now, especially with the Embiid injury, but I'd really make the case that Jokic, Harden, and Giannis, but I'd put LeBron, Harden, and Giannis in that top three because it's the same top three actually as last year, funny enough. Because their teams are in the top two seeds. And then the Suns lost tonight. A huge loss to the Timberwolves. One of our dime dropper teams. And another shocking result. The Wizards beating the Jazz. So you got to love that if you're an LA fan. To see the two top teams take an L. Unfortunately the Lakers won if you're a Clipper fan. But two 
huge results. So am I going to watch those? Probably not the whole game. Maybe I'll watch ex- like an extended highlights version, try to gauge why the results happened, and then I'll try to give it to you by the next recap. But the Lakers are the victors tonight. They win it 116-105. 28-13, and the Lakers move on to. Hornets drop to 20-20. and LeBron, 37 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. He was fantastic. A steal and a block. 14 of 22 from the field, 4 of 9 from 3, and he was 5 of 6 from the line, so that's pretty good too. Dennis Schroeder, 22 points, 4 rebounds, 7 assists, 9 of 19 from the field, not too great from 3, 2 of 7. I thought he took a couple rushed, ill-advised ones where he had more time on the shot clock, but overall, the Lakers doing the business. LaMelo Ball, Super impressive shot making as well. He had a really nice end one where he just threw it up there from the foul line. The dude's got poise. 26 points, 5 rebounds, 7 assists, but 6 turnovers. That's too many. 10 of 18 from the field, 2 of 5 from 3, and 4 of 5 from the line. Terry Rozier chipped in with 20 of his own on 8 of 19. His 3-point shooting was a little subpar, though. 2 of 6. P.J. Washington, 18 points, 7 of 12, and 8 rebounds to go along with 4 blocks. But anyway... Let's talk about the Celtics and the Cavs real quick. So I watched this game yesterday, right? And the Celtics, we talked about their game against the Cavs earlier in the season where they destroyed them. But, man, they did not come out to compete in that first half. And we've seen this too much in the Celtics this year against teams like the Detroit Pistons. And... That's one thing about the uh, the Celtics is they've really come out with some complacency too many times this season against these kind of teams. And Darius Garland was burning him in that pick and roll. You know, sometimes the Celtics don't come out and have pressure guarding the ball. And it comes back to bite them, you know. Then other guys make threes. They start overcompensating for the rolls with JaVale McGee or whoever it was, JaVale McGee, Jared Allen. And so, uh, yeah, it forces open threes. And guys like Jetty Osman, Dylan Windler. No, it wasn't Dylan Windler. Uh, Larry Nance Jr., two of three from three. Jetty Osman, two of four. Dean Wade. So, like, these different guys were hitting threes, and the Celtics are just not scoring. Like, the Cavs came out with some intensity, but the Celtics are just not scoring. And in the first half, they were pretty awful. And Jason Tatum was just taking terrible shots. Like, just contested threes, ISO, not trying to get to the rim. It was bad. And that's like, come on, man. Like, we, you know he's young now, but it's about time you got to step it up in terms of you can't be just bailing the defense out with contested threes. Like, that's just not going ha- to work. Because remember, Kemba didn't play. This was a back-to-back. Kemba didn't play. And you know the Celtics lack depth. They don't have Hayward anymore. So that means that Smart, Jalen, and Tatum have to play at a high level. And it, in the first half, it just wasn't happening. The Celtics were down 40, I'm sorry, um, 53 to 38 at the half. But in the third quarter, much better. Much better intensity. Tatum was talking a little more on defense, holding his own, sliding his feet. The Celtics knew when they were switching a lot better. And they started going to the basket, and the three started falling as well. Jalen Brown getting to the basket. Jason Tatum getting to the basket and hitting a three. Marcus Smart, though, was really the one that that started the third quarter run. You know, he was he got on the floor one time for a steal. He hit a couple of threes. And, you know, the tough part is Marcus Smart is still in a minutes restriction. He only played, I mean, he played 29 minutes, but you'd love to see him play over 30 when you have Kemba Walker out. 
and he was hitting threes. And there was a. And here's another thing about the Celtics. They really do better when they go zone, and it really makes me question why Brad doesn't let them go zone more. The Time Lord, there was a stretch, and the Time Lord is starting to get much, much more minutes lately. I don't think Tristan Thompson didn't even play again. I don't know if he was inactive or they just didn't play him. But Rob Williams had a couple of plays in that zone where he was either contesting a floater or blocking a shot. And there was one where he was behind a little bit and he came out of nowhere to tap the ball off the backboard and Jalen Brown got straight up three transition layups in a row. And that's one thing, if you're the Celtics, you have a young team with a bunch of athletes, you gotta push the pace more. They don't play with enough pace for me. They're very slow and methodical and they're not insane in the half court because it's just a couple creators and non-shooters. And outside of Marcus Smart, no one else is really a threat. Grant Williams, not a consistent threat. He played some good defense. He was good in that zone, but he was 1-6 of in the field. He offers nothing offensively. Peyton Pritchard was a bit better. He only played 19 minutes, 7 points, 3 of 4. He was a plus 3, which was pretty impressive. But Semi Ojale, 1 of 4, 1 of 3 from 3 in 19 minutes. Just didn't give much at all. And when the Celtics were coming back, they got it down within 4, within 5. But again, late in the game, taking turns. The Cavs switched screens and, you know, switched on the pick and roll. And it was a lot of iso ball and settling for threes. Jalen and Tatum settling for threes, taking their turns, not getting to the rim. Jalen Brown, not very good on defense in this game. Overhelping on certain occasions, not fully communicating at times. Just not his best defensive outing. But, and the Colin, we got to give credit to Colin Sexton. You know, coming off screens, his mid-range was cold. He's got a great mid-range game, tough contested shots, tough floaters, and there were certain other guys, you know, keeping the Celtics honest in the perimeter. And again, the Celtics, you know, you play faster, you play better in that second half, you outscore, I mean, they outscored the Cavs 72-62 to 62 in that second half, but it's that first half, and you cannot, this is the NBA you know, you beat the crap out of this team last time. You're going to get guys' best shots. You cannot rely on a one-half to save you. So the Celtics, again, without Kemba, dropping to 20-20. and 20. Jason Tatum, 29 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists. That's not many assists, which tells you how much he was really getting to the rim and creating. 11 of 24 from the field. Wait for it. 3 of 13 from 3. 13 threes is just way too much. When you're, when you're, especially when they were down most of the game. So think of the decisions he's making to take those threes and the time and place. You know, that's another thing that does not go in the stats, guys. Time and place of shots. That is huge. And that's not good enough. Marcus Smart, 19 points, 5 of 11 from the field and 4 of 9 from 3. He was good. Jalen Brown, 28 points, 11 of 26 from the field. Wait for it. 2 of 10 from 3. So if you combine Tatum and Jalen, they were 5 for 23 from 3. That is an amount of threes that would be taken in an actual NBA game by teams in the 2000s. Terrible. Terrible. The inconsistency needs to stop. The effort needs to be better. It's just not good enough from Boston at all. And they need to make a move from somebody on the bench because it's just not good enough. But that's it for tonight, guys, for the recap. Oh, yeah, UCLA, you know, coming out with a big win. I was really happy to see that. Jules Bernard, he's a local guy, windward guy. Johnny Juzang, Harbor Westlake, another local guy. Johnny Juzang in that overtime, making some tough shots, you know, posting up, getting big. And a big win for UCLA. 
Um, I didn't watch too much of the game. I was going in and out between the Hornets, Lakers, and UCLA, Michigan State. But So I can't tell you the intricate details. But, man, this UCLA and USC, both of my dad's schools in the tournament. You know, obviously my colleges aren't good enough in basketball to be in the tournament. Um, but, yeah, UCLA and USC in there. So I got two horses in the race. My dad went to both, funny enough. Um, but USC all the way. I did see my dad graduate from there. So that's it for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We will be back, not tomorrow, no Lakers and Clippers tomorrow, but Friday when the Clippers are up against these very same Charlotte Hornets. Enjoy the tournament, guys. Thank you for joining me. Let me know what you think. And peace.